Hey, welcome to Prop Talk, episode four. I am some at some point. I'm not going to geek out about that song every time I hear it in my headphones before we start. But I just love it so much. It just gets me all excited and I have to say something. So, Paul Baker, thank you. Paul Baker, yes, that is so good. Yeah, today we're here with Gay Perello, who you just heard, and of course uh, Mikey Trudell in his beautiful studio once again. Um, uh, kicking it off. Um, so I'm just going to do my little intro here because I, I kind of glossed over the last time. But um, so I'm Chris Call. I'm the education chair for the Property Masters Guild. And uh, our guest today is the unsinkable <laughs> Gabe Perella, <laughs> whose uh, film Babylon is nominated for an Oscar in production design, which we know includes the critical work of the Property Master, which he excels at. Uh, she is also a valued member of the PMG now. Thank you for that. Um, we will be talking about that ride that she went on with Babylon, as well as many other incredible shows she has graced us with her unique artistic flair. Because mm-hmm. that's the truth. Um, so I already thank Mikey, so that's good. Um, again, I want to th- uh, do a little uh, promo for Mike in his uh, other podcast, Failing Hollywood. So please check that out as well. So, Gay, how are you? I'm good. It's so good to be here with you because you know how much I love you. I know we we have the we have a love affair for sure. Yeah. Um, but professionally, at least. <laughs> oh, absolutely professionally. Um, <laughs> That's all my love affairs are. Yes, I know. Right. <laughs> what else do we have time for? Right. You know. Good God. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Gay and I go back a little way. Um, our paths have crossed uh, several times. Um, one of which is uh, I've spoken about me doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine for seven seasons and how uh, involved I was with that. But Gay did the pilot for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was I did. Um, fabulous. I did the pilot, but we all know that Morgan and David would always prefer you over me. Oh, it's I don't a- know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's true. Oh, I think Maybe. there was a moment where I go, oh, I can't do this right now. Oh, well, Chris is available. <laughs> uh, right, because I was going to do, what was the, the? It was Parks. Uh, no, was not going, Parks. Oh. Uh, uh, no. Uh, oh, my God. Something. Come on. There you I know. It should, I the, good, the Good Place. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, place. yes, yes. I, because you were staying on Brooklyn. or No, you had another, you were doing a film. I was doing a and film. And you weren't able to do it. And so then you became available. So I'm like, oh, we want to keep gay on this uh so would you be interested in taking over brooklyn 99 i was like okay well i guess that went it worked out beautifully so it did it did and i mean you know all those guys they're all you and i are so lucky to be around some really funny but good people yeah exactly oh that hope that all those guys over there mike sure absolutely dan gore is like a a brother to me yeah they're they're a dream um Especially when you go and work with other people, and then you come back into that fold, and you're like, "Oh my God, these guys are." Yes. Uh, and it you you'll take a bullet for them because they're just good people. One hundred percent, and you know that they have your back. Yep. And that they respect you, and that goes a long way, especially when you get on a show where you know you're a cog in a machine, and it's like, yes. Ugh. You could kind of feel it when you watch the show of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think if like if it comes across because it just seems like a fun show while you're watching it to not only work on but watch. So absolutely, and yeah. that that cheer of Nine Nine that came from the crew, you know, oh. you know, and then it kind of migrated it into the show. So that was pretty cool. 
No, the um, the atmosphere that they create, I felt the same thing on um, The Good Place had such a, I felt like Mike had created this world with parks for all of us. And then when we got to kind of move over to The Good Place with this very deep kind of meaning to stuff, I mean, it right. was just a joy every day just to kind of... I want to read a new script. What's the next script? You know, and that's rare. Yes. <laughs> and then and you and the added bonus of Ted Danson. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Was, so good. Yeah, I was I had the fortune to work with him too and it was pretty beautiful. Um so I also wanted you know just to, for the un, uninitiated of uh, people who haven't had a chance to look you up on IMDb, um, some of your features include, besides Babylon, mm-hmm. as Bombshell and mm-hmm. Wine Country and Moxie, which is one of my favorite films. Oh, good. <laughs> I know. You, you sent me a text about that. I was like, oh, God, I love you, Chris. Thank you. Well, I, you know, and I want to, and that's one of, one of the things I want to get into mm-hmm. with you about your, de- your attention to detail is like bar none. I mean, especially when it comes to paper props and stuff. Yeah. And, and you're just so good at that. So Thank you. I definitely want to do that. But I also, you, have you, you did uh, Ethan Cohen's latest movie? I did. Well, uh, can you talk about that at all? I sure can, a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I don't know if I can talk about some of the uh, main props that I made, but um, right. uh, another one of our good people, Brad um, Einhorn, mm-hmm. you know, that's his connection right and he wasn't able to do it so um i had knew known the producers karen getchell and bob graff and they called me right when field of dreams was shutting down another mike shirt project Mm -hmm. um was shutting down and so i just jumped right on that it was a blast i worked with those guys back in 2000 on the man who wasn't there Uh i assisted richie Krimmer. okay and just to kind of get back into the Cohen world was awesome. I'll bet. Yeah. That, I, that's like my dream team it, right there to do a Cohen Brothers movie. I, I come back from retirement for dude, that. Dude, you, we should all. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it is. Um, you know, you, when you're, just, when you're in their airspace and mm-hmm. you know, but they are so unpretentious, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Which is a bonus because they're all so brilliant. <laughs> they're so brilliant. And when you can get next to them and like, share stories and just feel like you're a part of their bubble it's it's a high absolutely miller's crossing is like one of my <sighs> all-time Jesus. favorite movies miller's crossing is incredible and huh? was, yeah. doug fox did that and oh i like doug fox um let's see so i wanted to ask you where are where are you from originally are you from la i'm from i'm not from beaumont texas Beaumont, Texas. Mm-hmm. Another Texas girl like mm-hmm. Emily Ferry. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Where's Beaumont, Texas? No. North, <laughs> north of Houston, Where's right? The armpit of Texas. I <laughs> kid. Um, First thing we have to cut. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it's southeast Texas, about ninety miles east of Houston. Right. Um, but very close to Louisiana, um, where my mom is from. So, really good food, good people. Yep. The weather sucks. Um, yes, I spent some time in Texas, Houston for a year. Didn't like what? that at all. And then I was in uh, Dallas for five years. That's actually how I got in the business. Was in Dallas. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Why? Yeah, I know it's weird. It's it's another story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't wanna laughs> someday when I'm the guest, then we'll go into <laughs> yes. that. But um, so that's great. But what? So how is it that you got into props? That's all right. Kinda, well, that's the big um, question. I had been graduated from college, was living in Dallas, 
for about a year and I wasn't doing anything with my um, chosen career. Mm-hmm. And my sister, Hope Perello, um, she she's the filmmaker in the family. Mm. Let's be honest. Hope is passionate. She is, this was her dream in high school and college, and she just stayed with it. And she was in, she was in New York working on films. She had moved to LA. She got a directing gig at the age of 30 for The Howling Six. And she said, hey, do you want to come out and be my assistant for the summer? This was in 1989. And I go, I looked at my ugly ass uniform that I was wearing to my (laughs) real estate-ish job. (laughs) And um, (laughs) and, uh, I go, yeah, I can. Um, So I went out for the summer and never went back. She got me in this business. Wow. But as in a director's assistant? assistant Well, I assisted her in prep and all things. And pretty much that means go get lunch. Sure. Right? And um, with your maps go and your, you know, I mean, your Thomas guide. Right. right? Thomas guide. The Thomas guide. And I drove around town. I got lunch and picked up tapes for casting and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And then once we started filming, uh, um, I didn't realize when you're the director's sister that people were really nice to you. I thought everyone's <laughs> this film business is so great. Everyone's so nice. Um, but I just hung out on set a lot and I did craft service. Right. I fell in love with the prop master. He was so hot and everything about what he did was amazing. And that's when my love affair with props started. Interesting. Because you wanted to date the prop master? Adam you? Silverman. <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen him would know. Linda Reese knows what I'm talking about. Um, Linda Reese was, um, she early on was, she was a food stylist I see. and I would try to get on, um, I would be a PA on other shows. So Linda Reese started as a food stylist? I believe so. And now her daughter is a food stylist, which is amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what was it, so what was it about the props besides the prop master that intrigued you? Was this something that you were like into as a, as a child? Were um, you? No. I mean, I loved movies, but it's not anything that, like I said, Hope was the one who, you know, would film us with our little cameras and Mm -hmm. stuff. I didn't, I wanted to do advertising. I see. Um, I still wanted to do something artistic, but I wanted to be an advertising person. So um, I... I was blown away. Um, the the Howling Six. I'm sure you've seen it, um, <laughs> but it really was a very visual film, and it was uh, period. It was um, a lot of circus freaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. My brother in law um, was in the art department there. I mean, it was just such a visually kind of stunning film. It really is, and I just saw what everyone was doing to that, and I could get my hands dirty and kind of do one to do what they were doing. And then it wasn't a fluke on the very next film. Um, I did craft service on the movie that Adam was prop mastering. And it was um, blue movie, blue, two shades of blue. It's a Zalman King film. Okay. And it was period. And I just, I just hung out with the prop department, man. I could not get enough. Right. And that was months. And then I ended up prop mastering a horror movie like very soon after that and it never stopped and then it stuck it stopped lots of horror movies it looks like lots yes. of horror movies puppet master you're oh the puppet yeah baby yes um <laughs> um 
That's I a convention favorite right there. I think there <laughs> might have been 20 movies that I kind of did in the right. like a, a year. <laughs> we would do them in yes, like exactly. 12 days. Crank them out <laughs> yeah. so fast. Exactly. And if you if you went home and didn't get blood on yourself, it was a win. Oh my god. Right? I was I was trying I was kind of like trying to be a master of like how can I figure out how to make blood that doesn't stain. That would be a good yeah. one. Yeah. That never happened. No, no, <laughs> doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. <laughs> wow, that's fun. Um, so, let's see. So, you also did a bunch of great TV, mm. which again, I want you. You do hacks. You're still doing that, correct? Nope. No, no, no. After the first season, because Babylon came oh, around right. Um, right after hacks, so that knocked me out for that second season. And uh, we spoke of the Good Place, also Veep. Yep. And Parks and Rec. And you also did what, like a whole season of Mad Men? Two seasons of two Mad Men. Two seasons, seasons of Mad two Men. and three. And I bowed to you for that one as well. Uh, beautiful work on that show. Thank I'm, you. I remember watching that show the first time and thinking, "Oh my God, they do have to do that on a date on a weekly basis." That thing almost killed me. I don't, and that was before eBay. Well, no, I was no? able to do eBay. Were you? Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, thank God for and eBay, but it was before on... Etsy. So, right. um, and but it was a. T- ton of uh, flea markets and antique stores right. and um, and no money. It was Dan Bishop production mm-hmm. designer. Production designer. Right. Yeah. Yep. What was your crew like on Mad Men and what seasons were they? So season two and three. Okay. Um, we did and I had um, Brian Seckham and Julie Witherington and uh, um, Freddie Ortiz. Uh, oh God, Donnie. Um, Stroud. Mm-hmm. So including yourself, a five-person, pretty much? No, it or? was... Mainly, it was just me and two other people, and then oh, okay. on the big days, you can roll in. I mean, Mad Men didn't get money, I don't really think, like, towards crew and whatnot until about season four right. and five, you know? Um, it was low budget. Tons yeah. of cigarette work. Oh, my God. <laughs> those damn lighters. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, but it was so great with um, uh, Matthew Weiner... You just live to please that guy, and if you could, you know, kind of turn him on with your props, it was a good day. Right. Um, it was a really good experience that way. And but um, once Parks and Rec came along, I felt it was time for me to go because sure. I had spent a couple of years in kind of a very difficult. Uh, you know, your life is just upended. Yes. All you do is, you know, right. Eat, sleep, drink, props. Especially and... on a show like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and that's and that's one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about because you have you did Mad Men and you now have done Babylon, and the whole doing props for a period show is a whole different ball game. Especially a period TV show where right <laughs> exactly we have no time, <laughs> no time, <laughs> no you've. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you are going to stay up all night bidding on stuff so that you don't lose it. Right. You're going to beg people to send them your grandmother's item, even though it's one of a kind. Right. And I don't know the crazy we get into. I and mean, that was before Buy It Now, though. Oh, right? absolutely. That's the thing. I mean, no. now I could go on eBay and say, yeah, sure, that's, I don't care how much it is, buy it now, and you have it, and you, it shows up immediately, where again, no, then... you are absolutely right. And it you was, had like three weeks before they shipped it yeah (laughs) no and then you're sending them you're sliding in any way to get into them i've stalked people on their facebook page and said hey i saw that you were up and you haven't shipped that package out right (laughs) (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> and you, I mean, I don't, I mean, the things we do, right? right. The, the, the groveling right. that we do for one item. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that, that is, that's kind of like part of what we do. It's yeah. just, I, I mean, I used to have, uh, in Pittsburgh, I had a, 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 a great, I think he worked with Tommy Garrigan. Did you work with Tommy? I didn't actually, he just did um, reshoots for me though. We didn't actually get to meet, um, I had another crew in Pittsburgh, but everyone loves Tommy. Right. Tommy's the best. He, we, we worked together for the whole time I was in Pittsburgh. His, his brother, Marty Garrigan, is was a big prop master who I worked for because I I, had, I didn't work for a lot of prop masters before I became one. Yeah. But Tommy was one of them, and then uh, or not, not Tommy, but Martin Marty, um, and then Tommy ended up working for me, and we used to call him Double Park Tommy because he would say, <laughs> "Tom, I need something." And again, there's no prop houses in Pittsburgh, no. so he would just like go to go out, you know, go to the place and just double park his truck <laughs> and run in and grab stuff, oh, and so. I think you could call us all double park, <laughs> no park, bad park, right, park exactly. on set. Oh. Well, how about those poor people in New York City who have to have a driver who like, take yes. them everywhere yeah. to get stuff? Good God. But uh, yeah, and then you also did Crossing Jordan. You did many yes. episodes of that, right? That was, um, yeah, well, that was over 100 episodes of Crossing Jordan. Um, Which was, was a procedural, right? It was a procedural, and it was kind of during the height of... Um, the competitiveness of uh, forensic props. Wow, I see. And we were not going to be that show. It was going to be through the eyes of this um, female coroner. And after the pilot, the network came and said, no, we want to compete with CSI. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> And they have all the good connections. So that became a whole other, I mean, let's get the little flashlights out and light shit up and let's right. do this. And, and But eventually we came around to doing some pretty good stuff, me and my crew. We got, um, we got some good resources and I would go to the forensic um, uh, trade shows and whatnot, wow. like in Vegas, and try to warm up to some people who had a new equipment coming out. Right. So, and I know Michael Lindsay and... Um, Forgot the other prop master who was on CSI, but um, we were good friends. It was all in good. Did time. that did that work out for you? Like doing the trade show yeah. thing? Like did you? Oh yeah, they came back with like a lot of stuff out of. Oh that. my god, yes. Yeah. they love to tell you about Free what new thing that they have coming sure. up. And you know, remember how everybody was into forensics at that time? Yes. Like, and it was shining a light on their you know um, hard work and right. and whatever they were coming out with. So yeah, absolutely. Did you do a lot of horse trading with the guys at CSI? Never. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a thing that's new now, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing that we've kind of moved into that. Helping each other out? Helping each other <laughs> out, right? <laughs> Thank you, Josh Meltzer. We <laughs> were not about helping each other out. We yeah. would have a drink together, but you are not going to know where I got nope, that nope. little light. <laughs> <laughs> that glowy thing. I'm not telling you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad those days are over. Me I'm, too. I'm glad to be starting out in a day where everybody's just helping each other out. It's like, uh, it's the way it should be. A lot of the newer prop matches right away. Like, I mean, me and Teresa came up together, and just from day one, it's always like our phones were always ringing on, no matter what jobs we we're working on. And even with like our mentors, it's crazy. Like, I thought 
for a while, that's always how it was until I think Billson oh. was just like, ah, this is kind of a new world we're moving into where right. everybody's just helping to be a mentor to everybody too. Yeah, it's, it's really it's great. It's the way it should be. I don't, I don't know why it was the way it was. I just followed kind of um, whatever, you know, yeah. what was around I, me. I and... think part of, the, part of it was because there was as much work out there. That's and, true. Yeah. You know, and so people mm-hmm. were like, oh, well, I don't want them to be better than me. And then yeah. they're not yeah. going to get the next job. And so now there's, with it's all the streaming so, content, there's yeah. so much out there for everybody. It's just such a nicer thing because I like so many of us, sure. you know, and it's like you can't, um, we, there's no reason to hold on to that stuff right. anymore. And you it's were like, never like that. I'll have to say, I, I, I have several things from Gay Perello in my kit now, uh, like all oh, your button me. Can, and that was everything I wanted to say that I've noticed um, because when you left Crossing Jordan, you had that uh, that space at Universal. Yes, and there, you left so much behind, you know, like <laughs> microscopes and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. And we like. Got some things out of there. And then uh, same thing on Brooklyn 99, you had the trailer out at the point. Yeah, that's that, right. <laughs> that the overflow stuff. So I have to say, I'm, I, it's commendable to me because we, you know a lot of prop masters, we're all, you know, we're hoarders. Yeah, we are. You're not a hoarder, though. Because are you kidding me? You, Come you, take a look. Oh, my God. It seems like you purge a lot of stuff, which I, I think is a good thing. Need, I need to purge. Talk about a hoarder. Okay, I'm going to throw Richie Krimmer under that bus. Love Richie. I, <laughs> so <laughs> Richie's much. Like, got so much stuff. I could never hold on to that stuff because, A, I can't afford it to the storage. Um, right. But yeah. it does feel good to share, share, share. Um, I just, we were wrapping up our show yesterday, and we had these amazing... Christmas presents and they're foam because I made them for, as a stunt for oh, Ed wow. to fall onto, but we didn't use them. But they're just fantastic. And I just texted, you know, Rick Capra and I'm like, can you guys use these? And he's like, yeah, we can. Rick so, takes everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. My son for Chris or for Halloween one year, we built a working guillotine. Uh, really? For for a haunt that we did. When you say working, where, where we took it, we went to industrial. <laughs> exactly. We went to industrial metal and bought a piece of sheet metal and and cut it and and grinded it so it could actually cut a uh, head a, off. a squash. Well, uh, we use a, we use a squash to. Cut I don't know the if you off. should be saying that on the podcast. Is there some legality? <laughs> it was crazy. Okay, and but we, I mean we we roped off the whole area so <laughs> the neighbors couldn't get to it, but they enjoyed it. But when we were done with it, I was like, it was like fourteen feet tall. It was huge. And I was like, what am I going to do with this thing now? And I was like, Rick, do you want it? Yeah, sure, bring it over. <laughs> so he took one look at it. He's like, that thing's not safe. And so they destroyed it. <laughs> bring it over. Wait a minute. That's real. But let's we put do, a melon in it first. We do props, man. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Things we do, right? So, oh, so I, I do want to go back to the, your your attention to detail. Because I think that that's like one of the things for me, from seeing your work, that stands out for me i mean is that something that you you love to do or is it a drudgery no i i I mean i don't know any other way um i don't know when it started but uh paper props and detail um i don't know i love that shit and i love paper shows Mm -hmm. um ephemera what is it something fancy like that um and um i don't know why i just think that you put that shit down in front of an actor on their desk or right. right and it just creates that mood that they need to be in or that vibe and 
when you kind of see that happen, you cannot go back from that. Right. You can never just have a plain sheet of paper again. You can't have not a fabulous pen. You can't have something that's not handwritten in some stationery or whatever. Um, no, I dig it. And then as soon as you, I saw that that works, more, more is more. You know? Right. And that goes back to our, the point that we always make about props building character. Yeah. Because those are the things that help to build character. And can you talk a little bit about what it's like to work with an actor in creating those? Sure. I mean, one of some of the best compliments that I got, especially like when you're doing a, a long-term show or say it's 100 episodes, you know, that we've, I've been on shows where, yeah, that's happened a couple of times. And I have received from actors saying, you know, day in and day out, they still have something fresh to read. Their notebook still has the, you know, we will kind of put their lines in it as well as the real verbiage. Any lawyer paperwork I've done, it looks like a, a law file. Any medical paperwork I've done, it's a medical. It's going to have the correct stuff on there. Um, and the actors can't believe it. I mean, they're like, because it does help. I mean, it. it's not just... I think remember when people were doing like it was like Greek or something right. like all the text oh, yeah. was yeah, Latin. That was Latin. Yeah, Latin. And I'm like, similar with yeah, yeah, exactly. Why would you do this when we can do so much other? And then you are relying upon people. I'm not sitting over there typing all that of up, course. but you know, you get um, some fabulous graphics designers that we've all worked with. Um, but being, you know, I I I try to, especially if it's like a. Um, a photo album, those are always right. actors are very particular about what's going to go in that photo album, what photos you're sharing of them. Photos are hard. <laughs> photos are hard. Now, yeah. I hate seeing that. I, I secretly love it, but I hate <laughs> seeing it. Right? Sure, of course. Hard to you know what's coming. Oh, it's like, how many pages are we going to need <laughs> yes, to do? Yes, exactly. And we always do more That's than That's right. The do. director's always like, just do the whole book. It's like, do no. The, no, <laughs> no. I mean, how? Oh. Um, so you're working with them, um, trying to get the photos that they love. And uh, some of these photos need a little touch up sometimes, right. you know, and you have to shoot them and you have to shoot them and recreate, um, scenarios where it looks like they've been a family for a long time or doing right. a job that they've done before. Um, and I, you know, they, there's something about actors. They just hate doing photo shoots for us. Right. You know, I feel like production. I mean, in my experience, you guys are a little bit more experienced than I, but in my experience, like production seems to hate it too. Everyone and they don't want to do it. Do right. you, do you, when you're doing a lot of these photo shoots, do you end up finding yourselves directing the photo shoot half the time? I Absolutely. definitely direct the photo. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and pretty much you have mm -hmm. to, otherwise it's not, not going to get, get done. done. Okay. Yeah. And I understand where production's coming from because like an AD, he has a day to make. Right. Okay. And you put the, and, and that's why I try to make sure I'm working with the AD to say, okay, we're going to do a photo shoot today. I need it on the call sheet. So everybody knows that we're doing it. And secondly, you know, we have to carve out a time when it's going to happen. And then you have to dog after them the whole yes. time say, yeah. are, are, you know, we're doing this, right? We're coming back from lunch yeah. and we're going to do these things. And nine, not nine times out of 10, but often it'll not work out with their day and they say, sorry, we're pushing that. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but we need it. You understand yeah. that yeah. the day is going to come when you need that photo and it's right. not yeah. going to be there. Like it will be on the call sheet as when time allows. Right. And you're like, Ugh. And, <laughs> right. And that's where you have to advocate for that. Because in the heat of it, they will push it off. If it's not something that's on their plate in front of them, yep. it will get pushed off. So that is an important skill that you have to learn. You guys nailed it. That's They never 
put any time into it until they need it, and then it's that day. Right. And the same thing with the actors as well. I have a kind of a funny story. Um, doing Gloria Bell, a movie with Julianne Moore, and I had to have a bunch of photos of her from earlier years and whatnot. And she's one of the most photographed women, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have a wedding photo of her and I needed that. Right. And it it would tell the story because there's a dinner scene where the, her kids are going through a bunch of photos from a box and they come across this wedding photo of her and her husband. And so when we were doing the screen test, um, not the screen test, but you know, the camera test and they said, gay, this is your day to get all your photos. Well, of course, (laughs) They take up more time, and now it's time for me to get the photos. And I guess she had said, okay, I really don't think we need that. And I go, no, I need you to get in that wedding dress and let's take your <laughs> picture. Right. She goes, really? And I go, I'm going to need you to get in that wedding dress, and I'm going to take your picture as fast as I can, but I need you to right. do it. And she goes, Okay. And um, I heard through the grapevine, she goes, man, that girl's got some balls. She told me <laughs> twice to get in that wedding dress. And you know what? We got the, the photo and she loved it. And right. we were on set that day and she was showing everybody, look at this picture. You know, it's like, so stand your ground. We yes. know what we need. We, That's right. Help me help you. Help me help you. You know, with it's Photoshop, not magic. Right. Well, and that's the other thing I was going to bring up, the dreaded Photoshop word, which yeah. a lot of producers like to throw at you. Oh, we could just Photoshop oh, or get something off they of iStock. And, mm-hmm. right. and it's like, but the problem with Photoshop is, and no matter how good you are at Photoshop, if they know it's Photoshop, they will always yeah. see it. Yes. Okay. They will be looking for it, you know, and it's yeah, crazy. It's and I mean, so true. And, and I, I know just doing Photoshop myself. You look at something and you think, oh, okay, that looks great. And then you go and you <laughs> yeah, go to lunch and you come back and you look at it. I'm like, oh, my God, his head's too big. <laughs> you know, and so it's it's hard to do. And it's, you know, there are some people who are really good at it. And if you can set it up where you get your lighting correct. Yes. You can definitely make it work. But it's a lot, you know. It is a lot. And nobody even realized. They, that's the one thing. You just said it. They just go, well, you guys can Photoshop that. You don't even know what you're talking about. Right. We can't Photoshop. I mean, their head is turned and ours is supposed to, you know, what do they yes. think you can do? Yeah, no, know? I know. And then you do it and it's awful and they're like, oh, that's terrible. It's like, well, I tried yeah. to tell you. I know. <laughs> but, you know, so again, a photo shoot, there's a lot to it mm-hmm. as well because you have to get the wardrobe, you know, they can't, Definitely. you know, because they have to do a wardrobe change. If you're in the middle of shooting a scene, and then they're going to give you the people. It's like, oh, well, we got to change their wardrobe. It's like, okay, we'll just change the top because I'm not shooting the bottom, right? Right, yes, you know, yes. And then hair and makeup hair and need makeup. to come down and like get involved in it. So it's it's one of the harder things that we do, I think. I think so, too. For sure. I really do. But okay. again, for all you, um, you know, next-gen prop masters out there, it's just something that you have to push through. Because at the end of the day, they're going to want it. Okay, yeah. because they, you know, because again, how many times have you seen a show and you look at the photograph and it's photoshopped and it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It takes you out. Yeah. It does take you out. And it and then for those of us who, you know, were screaming and hollering, no, we need to make this right. And then it's just ends up in there and it's not right. It's like Ugh. Right. And yeah. again, what I would say about that is the best way to make that happen is to is to be the A D for something like that. Like you yeah. you have to make it happen. You have to be the producer of that photo shoot. Otherwise it will get pushed to the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I've done it in the past. I've just like, it just doesn't 
like feel to me like it was like I was like is this a typical thing I guess it is, it is. <laughs> yes. like, because I, like you said like I said like it feels like you're jumping into a director role position like you're doing something that doesn't feel like a prop master when you're doing it for sure yeah. right. I, I don't mind that directing I have had a bit of a pushback from some actors who don't want sure. you to direct them but right. you know most I would say most of all especially when I tell that story about um, Julianne Moore she was absolutely lovely i'm not putting her saying that nobody wants to do these photos you know um and it puts us in a position uh to be you know the heavy a bit but um i'm like you i feel like if we can get the producers and and the ad's on this to help us out a little more that would be nothing but good and it also helps when you have a great photographer who also can get a, a performance as it were out of people Absolutely. So there's some mm-hmm. great photographers mm-hmm. that we work with out there that can do that really well. Part of the problem sometimes too, where it's yeah. like, do we you hire a, a prop photographer, you yeah. know, like Grove Patchley or yeah. you know Dean Handler or whoever, um, to come in who that's what they do as opposed to a production photographer, which is a different animal. It is, and they don't like to take our photos. And they photos. don't no. like to take photos. You know, no. they they work Mm-mm. for the studio mm-hmm. and they they can be convinced to do it. Yeah. And sometimes the producers will convince them. Because yeah, isn't that where you start to cross union lines though? Because aren't we not supposed to take the actual photos ourselves? Oh no, no, we don't. No, yeah. I'm talking about having a, a prop photographer. Right, come right, in right, right, who's, right. Who is in the union? Right, right. That's different than the the still photographer who's also still in the union. So yeah, you know, it's it, just it has their to main be gig is 600. to get you know while they're filming, and then we want to pull them off set to right. go do this. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I get that too. Mm-hmm. So. It's a fine line. Yeah, it is a fine line. <laughs> um, what is your what what about props gets you out of bed in the morning? Fear. <laughs> <laughs> fear of failure. Fear somebody's not going to like it. Fear that it's going to fall apart because you just had it made. Did you make it right? Did you make the right decision? Fear. Absolutely. Right. Um, I mean, it's a good fear. Sure. It's adrenaline and. Um, uh, the work ethic is that I do want um, to like what I put out there, right. and I want other people to like what I put out there. Um, but that's what motivates me. Yeah. What um, What is your most proud prop that you've built? I you know I hate when people ask me this question, so I'm know. asking you. I know. Or is there one or several or? Um, I think. Uh, probably in Babylon, Mm -hmm. just maybe not everything that I had made, but maybe the, the amount that I had made, you know, um, just the, the volume of stuff and staying on top of, um, that production schedule. You know, I mean, I definitely work on stuff where manufacturing is in there, but it's not, it's not a Marvel movie where I'm staying, you know, where I'm doing a shit ton of manufacturing, but this was just the scale of so many things that need to be made, reproduced, you know, taped, put together. Um, um, Yeah, I would say this film by far has been one of those ones where you're like, oh, right, we did it. To where you're like the most proud of. 
everything you did as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we made some really fun stuff on Parks and Rec. I'm not going to, I mean, we made a Leslie Nope doll. Sometimes Amy will just text me a picture of that doll. Right. <laughs> and we just laugh, you know, that, it's like, fun. it's just fun because you know, short amount of time, right. make a doll that looks like this yes. actress or in her character. Exactly. Oh, okay. I mean, it's yeah. three days, it shoots in three days, cool. Right. Or if um, you're lucky, you know, that somebody will give you a heads up somewhere down the line. Yeah. You know, that, and then that's the schedule always... changes, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. At least you're, you have it in the works a little yeah. bit. You know, like Veep, that was another show that must have been insane for you. <laughs> because that that was nonstop. I watched that movie. I would watch that show and I would twitch because I'm like, oh my god, they're moving. They're on the move all the time. Uh, they're always touching something. They're always touching something, and they being a full comedy show. Um, comedy, they don't know. They put stuff on the on the page, and if the actors aren't feeling it, mm-hmm. then they change the page, right. and it's always a prop. Right. It's not the set. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They do change the set quite a bit, but. In those last minute changes, right. it's a prop. Hey, Kay, do you have this? Hey, Kay, do you have this? Hey, Kay, do you? I mean, it was like I had to have um, the shortest distance from my office to the stage so that we could just run and make a call or right. make or create um, something on the fly. That was nonstop. And that yeah. is one of the things with comedy that I discovered yeah. because I, I did a lot of procedurals and cop shows and all that for years and years before getting into Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, and it was a whole different animal. It's a whole different for the animal. better, or for... Well, well, not well for <laughs> the better in the sense as long you know if you like to you know <laughs> pull stuff out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fantastic, <laughs> but 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 you understand that it is, and that's the medium of comedy. You know, it's all about the the timing, and and yeah. again, they're not going to know until they get into it, they're and then and somebody comes up with an idea in a rehearsal, and they're like, they turn to you, and, that's it, and that's where. Being the prop master, you know, is an important part, you know, because again, nobody cares about the prop until they're not there, right? you know, but, or until they need something and you're the person who has to like make that thing happen. And in comedy, that happens all the time. It just, it just is. And you understand it. And, and they're all apologetic and appreciative, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we still have to make our day. Right. And so, you know, we, it is just. At this point, I think in our career, Chris, that we have good people working with us and connections and people are vendors and you just make those calls and you just get your hands dirty and you just pull it off. Yes. Um, You you cannot say no in this industry. The one time I did, they go, okay, but we're still going to need it. Um, okay. <laughs> nice that you feel that way, but please Okay, do it. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get this model made by that time. Hmm. Okay, but we we need it. Okay, um, right. we'll we'll make the model. You know, in time. Yes. I don't know what to, I mean. Did you, you did you do it in time? Yeah, <laughs> putting, I was putting freaking little trees on that model right before they ran it into set. You right. know. Yeah, and but again, when you do it and it's successful, it's the best feeling ever. It is okay because I've been on shows too where nothing happens yeah. and you're getting everything on Amazon. And you're yeah. bored out of your freaking mind, right? You know, and it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I want to do something a little bit more challenging no, and creative. No. I don't want to work in a factory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I love all that. So, mm-hmm. okay, I think now is a good time to need to get into Babylon. No, <laughs> because really, that's what everybody wants to hear about. I mean, um, no, let's go back to Crossing Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Jill. Uh, you know, we joke about all this stuff, and I have had wonderful crews. 
but there was something about Crojo, as we call it. And it's kind of like your um, experience on Alias. Mm-hmm. You know, when you guys all got together right. again and people... 20 years later. 20 years later. I mean, the Crossing Jordan, Jordan crew, when we see each other down the road or we're Facebook friends, it was a special time. I don't know. How um, many seasons? Uh, seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Right. And, and we just loved each other. And it was those fratter days. And, and we still hung out with each other when we weren't working. Right. Um, it was special. It was a tight. I mean, I love all my other crews and, and everything. But there was something about Crojo. Crojo. That was kind of soft spot how many for seasons, me. How many seasons of uh, uh, Parks and Rec did you do? Did you all, all of them? them? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. did we do? Six or something? I don't know. So I saw like a hundred and something episodes. Yeah. And I, just, <laughs> um, I missed out on three that, episodes, I think. I think that's that's probably like the most timeless show I've seen on your whole resume. That's like, I love that show so much. Aww, <laughs> I, to it. I, I watched it um, during the pandemic and I was like, that's oh, really? a good show. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch it while you were shooting? Wow. I didn't. I always have to watch it because I feel like I got to make sure my crew's doing what they're yeah, supposed to true. do. Yeah, that's true. If you go back yeah. and watch it, because that's that's some time later. Like, is that probably brings back a lot of memories? It of, did of, bring back a lot of memories. Um, it was we were busy. I mean, yeah. Pawnee was a, its own character, you know. So, right. um, you, you know, Bonnie had to look good, and um, <laughs> uh, it was. Um, I think when I was rewatching it. Because I, I stay kind of a little nervous sometimes, like, and I have tunnel vision. I'm always right. on the job that I'm on, and I that's probably why I don't watch some of the episodes or something. I'm just, when I'm in something, my brain is tiny, and I need to concentrate on what I'm working on. Um, but it was nice during the pandemic when there was all this stuff. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch that's, this. That's when I watched Mad Men for the first time. Was is it? The oh, really? Okay, so we binged it, my wife. Whoa. My wife and I was crazy. We were watching like eight episodes a day. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it was so I fantastic. But I wanted you to know, I also, I still own a can of whoop-ass. Do you own a can of whoop-ass? <laughs> <laughs> How fun was that? That yeah. was just so silly. You could not I be silly enough for Mike Schur, and that's right? what was so great. Yeah, same yeah. with uh, you know, Dan Gore as well. Yeah. It's just fun. So on Babylon, so I, you know, again, full disclosure, I was considered for Babylon. Absolutely. I was going to do Babylon and then considered. I, some, I think you were hired. I was hired. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had some uh, personal issues that I, cause I read the script. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to ask you what your first reaction to reading <laughs> that screenplay was, because I had done, I did once upon a time, as I talk about all the time. And when I read that screenplay, I was sweating. Yeah. Okay, because it was so intense. I was like, oh my God, that's that's a lot. Yeah. But then I read Babylon, and I was like, this is insane. Okay, from beginning to end. And I'll have to say that what I read and what you shot were the exact thing. They didn't cut yeah. anything. Mm. Yeah. So tell me about that. What was your first ex- uh, um, exposure to when you well, read that screenplay? The You had already gotten me excited about it right and i had been wishing upon a star that i could do something epic ish get my um teeth sunk into something period i really wanted um a challenge and when i'm talking to you i'm like yeah i I want it 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 so when i first read it i was like yes this is so amazing this is great the second time, I go, what the, what the, what did I say? 
I'm going to call Chris. I can't do this. This is crazy. <laughs> you know? I know. I felt bad calling you. It was like, I, I know Gay would be great for this, but oh my God, do I want to do this to her? Yeah. No, it was, I mean, I don't know what I did when I first read it. I Not that I glossed over stuff, but I'm just, I was absorbing the visuals sure. and all that. And then when you get down to what, oh, I've got to provide that. Um, right. Then you start sweating and yeah. you want to throw up and then you don't sleep for, you know, seven months. And I'm sure you didn't. I did not. Yeah. No. How long did it shoot? We had a 71-day shoot, um, a 12-week prep. 12 weeks, that's short. Uh, I mean, for that, I I wanted two more weeks. Yeah. I felt like if I had two more weeks, I would have... Um, Nailed it. <laughs> so what was the first thing you did? Uh, obviously, you started researching. Yes? I started researching, but honestly, I um, I didn't even want to go into an office or anything. I, I got talked them into because I was the only one who was on for the first two weeks. I just needed to break this down to mm. where I could understand it. Right. You know, what is important to me? What do I think I, you know, yeah. what's my easy pile? What's my pile I need to start on right, right now? And that was so important because just having that space at my house and when I would get overwhelmed, I would take the dog for a walk. Right. You know, and oh, just kind of yeah. get my head clear and go, don't, you know, just one bit at a time. And right. um, legal pads, I have a, a very old school, I just still write everything on mm-hmm. legal pads, and I would have different legal pads for different right. um, sets and things that, you know, I'm not ready to figure this out, so I'm going to sure. push this over, sure. and I'm going to stay on this, because, and you always have to have a feeling of accomplishment or something. So after two weeks, it took me to wrap my brain around it, and right. I would have a game plan. A game plan, exactly. I didn't want my crew to start that early anyway because there was nothing for me to tell them. Right, and I, they're waiting for you to tell them something, and you're like, I, I got to figure it out I got to figure it out, <laughs> and I, I need to have a game plan here. And um, I think um, also when I first started there were some things that came up that i didn't know i was responsible for it's like oh hey guess what this elephant you know we're not gonna have a real I, was elephant. Gonna I was gonna ask, ask you <laughs> about you know? the elephant yeah. because again when i there's no real elephant ever on set correct? no Mm-mm. right Mm-mm. There, you, there, there was they, a real elephant no, no they, no, they no, have banned no, elephants from movie sets film really? an elephant. Yes. when did this mm-hmm. happen is this like i don't know but i remember hearing about it when i was started to do research on this too and i'm like yeah. good god everything about that element is elephant has got to be cgi and that yeah. elephant did a lot an elephant did a lot um <laughs> in and, the opening scene yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh i'm so i'm the elephant okay That's right. and then uh what about how are we on snakes can we still see snakes <laughs> right you know? okay the snake and, so and cutting snakes snake and the and... rat um right. so there were some things that i'm like oh yeah i gotta because a lot of times in television we don't have to they have other people do the animals Correct. right production does a lot of the animals so right. no this is back <clears throat> in my lap you know so kind of getting into things that were not in my normal wheelhouse is what i kind of started were with. all the animals fake then um no we had a real rattlesnake but i had made a rattlesnake for right. the bite Okay, um, we yeah, had yeah, real yeah. rats, but made one for the bite. Right. <laughs> if you don't know Babylon, they eat animals. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and Flo had me go to Flo Florencia Martin, our yes. production designer, who you know and we mm-hmm. love dearly. Um, she had me go to the L.A. Zoo. There were a couple of elephants there to take a bunch of photos of to see which was going to be the one we were going to mock the right. elephant from. Um, so there was fun stuff like that. So you know. as far as the elephant goes, did you build anything practical puppet-wise for him? Or? Um, yes. So the um, the bulk of the elephant, um, 
that you see walking and interacting and whatnot into the Wallach party and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That is a, a life scale frame of an elephant in a gray puppet suit with two puppeteers wow. doing that. Um, the elephant um, nose that slaps the driver, right. that is a puppeteered by Arjun who built, um, he built the nose and he built a butt. <laughs> for poopy. Nice. Yeah. Poopy. Remember that uh, scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then we did a lot of green screen poop. We would change the frame, the buck that I had built. We would change that in green screen or gray screen, depending upon what we were doing. But yeah, there were some puppeteered parts of it. Life, I mean, that looked real. Right. Um, and then the most of it was a uh, what we called. We would call it a buck, and I don't know how we got that name. I think Ace, um, the... Uh, our director oh. gave it that name, and he he and I worked on this together. It was nice having sure. partners. It's a big collaboration. Yeah, it's a big yeah. collaboration, and you bounce stuff off of each other, and it's like, hey, I think you know. And um, I felt like just my um, experience and whatnot, I could help them out on what we could get in camera because I knew that Damien did not want to do CGI. He really wanted to. What can we get in camera? Right. So that was my goal of like, okay, well, we've done it this before in the past, or you know, um, sure. and I always feel like that those dollars are cheaper than CGI dollars. So yeah. as you know, Chris, this was not a big budget yes. movie compared to what was asked of it. 100%. You know, so that was one of the things anything, that scared me off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Um, I Any way that we could kind of sell to production, if we kind of get this in camera, and especially with our... Um, our effects department was right. were doing stuff that we wouldn't have to CGI, you Did know. Did they explosions. create the the uh, elephant poop, or was that you? They created the elephant right. poop. They had a also a mechanical system for it to poop. I was right. going to say they have yeah. to have like a air cannon there, um, the way uh, that thing was. When you could see Elia Popov shoving his right arm into one <laughs> orifice and then it pushing out and blowing out the other end. We, we were, <laughs> the the elephant pooping was so many different shots because I'm Damien sure. never thought it was enough poop. <laughs> so we had whole day to do it over and over and over again. Um, and it was funny. It was one of those. Remember when I said I'd get my hands dirty? Yeah. Yeah. You were rolling up balls of poop on the side was of the road. Was that early in production or later? All through it. <laughs> <laughs> my God. All through production, we were working on poop. Wow. Yeah. And um, the other thing that I, well, uh, there was the champagne tower. I heard about that at the big party. Oh, yeah. That was so fun. Um, my team, uh, we were trying to figure out what's the best way. First of all, I should preface this by everything gets broken in Babylon. Yeah. Everything precious and old and, um, you know, something you want to hang on to gets broken. Right. They were just a violent set. Yeah. And we're like, we know the champagne's coming down. So, and I mean, we're doing this in real glassware, but I have a feeling they're going to make us knock this over. It's not scripted, but that's right. the way we roll here. I see. So, so the champagne tower was always scripted, but it coming down wasn't. No. Right. It was not coming. Yeah. Um... And how are we going to do it? And and I had photos, and I did um, Cruella. I did some of the um, second unit on Cruella, and we did a champagne tower there, not the size of this. Right. Um, but I pushed for using real glass because it just it's just much better to do that. So, um, yeah, we built it up, and um, I had no idea that Damien wanted um, us to start the shot on it and start 
pouring it, and it came out really pretty cool. I yeah. thought it looked good. I can't, did is it in this? Do you see it in the script? It coming down because we did film it coming I, down. I don't remember that in the script. We did. We broke all. Oh, those oh you glasses. mean in the film? <laughs> yeah. No, it didn't come down in oh, the film. We that shot was, it coming down. Oh my god. <laughs> right, and then there was a, something about a cake that didn't make it in the oh, film. Oh yeah. So what was that? Um, the cake for the Wallach party. Well, there's a scene where. Um, in one of the vignettes, um, there's a lot of sex in our movie, especially yeah, at really? the Wallach party. <laughs> Lots of nudity. <laughs> Lots of nudity. And there was a couple that was supposed to be grinding, and then he just picks her up and throws her on top of this cake. <laughs> and um, everything Wallach party was supposed to be decadent and a little uh, hint was. of sexual. And so um, uh, Cake Divas, Joni, yes. I said, this has got to be a cake to end all cakes, man. This has got to be amazing. And, and um, we looked at some photos of older you know like mm-hmm. you know cakes on the titanic and right. what are you know the old wedding cakes from kings and queens and it's like yeah that's the level um and i had um these little nudes made as um the posts for each layer yeah, wow uh, yeah um right. and lonnie over at hpr made them all in rubber for me because of course she falls into this sure. we don't want to kill her yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but it it got done. It was gorgeous. We made three of them, and she landed on it, got the shot. Never. So was it Margot landing in it? No, no, just a, a couple uh, of background actors. I see. Mm-hmm. And it got cut. And it got cut. I have. <laughs> I hope video you have pictures. <laughs> I have video and some pictures of it. Yeah. yeah. That's I wonder why they cut that. Then was it just not prevalent? Too, to just so much. Three in that and a half party. hour movie. Right? <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair. Okay. Fair. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's one of the heartbreaks of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And but, it was one of the best cakes ever. I'll bet. There was uh, one one prop that did make it into it that I caught my eye <laughs> that I wanted to ask you about. Who made the ejaculating penis oh, pogo stick? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> so in week one of my prep, remember I told you I was working from home and I'm digging through and I get this text. Hey, gay, we're on a scout with Damien and he wants a um, a pogo stick that um, th- that like penis pogo stick and I'm like. Okay, cool. Um, so, right? yeah. And I immediately just sketch out like what I think that is. And I send her a picture. He goes, perfect. Right? Nice. And so, um, but so for several weeks, I'm thinking it's going to look like what I just drew out. And which is pretty much a, a vintage pogo stick um, because they have this little handle and I would right. accentuate the top of the handle. Yeah. <laughs> and then make these, you know, balls underneath. And all of this would be made out of, you know, period uh, materials. Yeah, and, and and then he goes, oh, no, Gay, I want it, I want it to be like a penis costume. And I, and it, I want it to shoot out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a horse of a different Let me go back to that drawing board, okay? Um, all right, guys, what are we going to do? Um, there's... Uh, I should let this secret out. Her name is Jeannie Joe. She's been working with me for 15 years. Anything that I need sewn, um, nice. uh, dresses, dolls, mm-hmm. quilts, anything. She's amazing. Um, but I got with her and I'm like, okay, it's a penis costume. You know, how are we going to do this? Right. And um, and also we needed to get it into our actor Jeremy's hands as soon as possible because he needs to know, how. you know, now we're, this is a costume, so it's going to be heavier. What are we going to do? How are we going to, I mean, I'm not even getting into how it's going to shoot out. Right. You know. it's a, So it's a costume yeah. that's dressed on the pogo stick? Yes. I see. So she had a, I was making it out of batting and um, 
pantyhose, mm-hmm. you know, of stockings and stuff, because I was also thinking this could have been like, if you were in a circus act, what would you make this out of? And then she came back with leather. And I'm like, genius. Leather's right. around, right? Perfect. You know, and we could get and a new. Skin. And <laughs> yeah, it's skin. And it's skin. Yeah. And um, just, it started coming to life. That no thing, pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> But getting it also into the hands of Jeremy to practice on, and it just was difficult. And then, and also Damien wanted him to jump continuously throughout the scene. And I'm like, no one's going to be able to do that. We're going to have to do this in cuts, um, right. you know. Um, and then our effects department superbly uh, ran a hose up it at one point for that shot where it sprays everybody. That was a long scene too. That. It was a That's, long scene. It that, went on and on. Talk that, about talk about sweat and fear. Yeah, that there, there was the two s- two scenes. It was that one, and then the big war battle yeah, scene. The battle scene. As was... props wise, I just watching made me sweat thinking about right. how <laughs> pulling that off might have yeah. been. That was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, so God. the battle scene. You had. Did you make all of those spears and? And I stuff, would say did... I made twenty five percent. I bought. Um, probably 25% and have 50% made. Uh, well, I'm sorry, rented. Um, we went to every single place. This is where Casey Burr, when he came in, that was his first you know, job for me was what's out there. Right. Where can we go? We got to go through everybody's warehouse. You know, they're sitting on some of the stuff, you know, and just not, yeah. no one's using it. What kind of condition is it in? What can we get away with? And so he hit the ground. Um, he went everywhere. He went out to the Lancaster and, mm-hmm. um, and we, once we got a number of what was available to rent, then it became, that's my purchase number and that's my, um, recreation number. And, um, I think, it was Casey Babel and those guys mm-hmm. were making me, we can make shields gay and we can make these spears. And then I had other spears made. Um, History for Hire had some from, I mean, we're talking real. Right. From the day. From the day <laughs> stuff that we certainly didn't want to ruin, but it was good inspiration for us to use. And also if we're just going to visually see it, not fight with it. Right. We use those. Did you use a lot of like... Uh, matches of what you were able to find and what you created or did you start from the ground and kind of make your own i would make um universal actually had a lot of good interesting looking weapons and so because a spear is a spear is a spear you know and certain things but some of these were really cool looking and so we mocked up some of the things that we made based on theirs and um i'm not gonna lie we used a lot of toys (laughs) at one point when when they did a first rehearsal, Joshua and Michael Cheek was out there um, with the, they hired a um, a fighting kind of group who would be I able see. to right. do a recreating of this look, you know, they would have the skills. They broke about, I don't know, a hundred different props oh just in rehearsal. Wow. So I'm like, oh, shit. Um, so, you know, here comes Amazon and toy manufacturers and our scenics, dude, they made them look real. That's I was like, awesome. this is, is this going to fly? I don't know. And then you get it back. It's like, that looks pretty good. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Some stuff is Flintstone looking. I mean, if you <laughs> slow the movie down, I'm sure you can see that. But I overall, didn't see anything. It looked fantastic. Uh, For the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of backgrounds. Right. Uh, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, I will throw out Jeannie Joe again. Those horse, um, we, I call them horse schmatas because I can never get the real name right. Um, but just making those horse capes was also i thought 
you know, we need something visual out there because it's so dirty and dusty and right. I always want something kind of floating. So these, I made a bunch of these flags and um, those horse capes and she did a great job. J- Julie Witherington, my uh, right arm. Mm-hmm. she has horses so she would take the horses Maybe. to go tr- uh-huh. head home and try them on and see how they would fit <laughs> like yeah you know rusty couldn't see out of this one or you know or this didn't flow that good i mean so we worked a lot of time you know that was a lot of stuff too good resource yeah, yeah. yes it is a good resource yeah. <laughs> amazing um i want to go back to the party for one other thing and that's the drug cart oh yeah that was pretty intense wow. and um damien said on a few things in this script he was not going to pin us down with the accuracy of the age of drugs because he wanted it so much in here and he didn't want to be withheld by what was readily available so i got to go out you know do a little bit more um but there's nothing sexier than like an oh you remember your opium pipe yes Um, oh did you use that (laughs) i used your opium pipe it's on there um your personal opium yes I found, where was I? I was in the, I forgot where I found that. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, one of the, one of my, my first meeting with Damien, I was on for a couple of months at that, or no, I was on for about a month at that point, And I'd made these mood boards and one of them was a drug board. And it just, he was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> this is just shit we were putting around at the right. table. You know, like, oh, let's have some heroin and some, you know. And I want all of it. <laughs> I want all of it. He's like, yeah, this is good. And, and then while we're filming, he just kept adding more and more. And at one point I said, Damien, if she does, if she did this much, that would kill her. And he goes, right. well, isn't she trying to kill herself? True. Okay. So it's his, I mean, yeah. it was a, a creative choice. Sure. And we were there for it. So let's talk about um, the cocaine and actually ingesting. I mean, everybody has their go-tos on how they do it. How did you do, you know, uh, Margot having to snort coke? Um, so I had her taste kind of both of the... Um, uh, lactose? Yes, yeah, the lactose. Uh, there's... Um, in the nosotol, did you? Yes, yes, exactly. And we had that in so much. And I had read where some people use vitamin. I didn't feel right about using vitamins. I kind of talked to her about it, and nothing that's going to change your body chemistry. I just sure. was like, "Are you able to to snort this and feel okay?" And she would, but we faked a lot of that snorting. You know, right. um, she definitely did a handful of lines. So did uh, Diego. Um, we would set up Diego with a little spoon mm-hmm. and it had not that much on it, but he sure. would do it, you know, take up track and they are champions for doing that stuff. I mean, I would do it for, you know, in front of them right. and show them sure. like, this is it. It's, it's gross. You're not going to like it, but it right. is what it is. And she was able, once they know that it's doesn't taste like crap, they're not going to die from it. Right. They figure out their own way, yeah. you know? And she's great. She's amazing. Yeah. A warrior. Yep, um, 100%. And that, that was a lot on her in that film. <laughs> I, I, every day I would almost have to go, Margo, I'm sorry. I have to have you climb onto a frozen um, <laughs> you know, horse head, and you're going to jack off the horn. Right. You know, just, um, okay. And go. And go. Yeah. We're, talking about the, we're talking about the party scene still. <laughs> There's a couple of things, because oh, right. I love like the whole... The, the the big establishing thing you have you have ch- live chickens running around yeah did you have to help out with the chickens the chickens too? were amazing really they were um 
this one just did his i mean it was like hire that chicken forever and ever he just <laughs> hit his mark and flew With out at all the right these people time. too yes. <laughs> that's yeah. insane birds well, and the, animals the chicken became the mascot of the show right what was yeah it? we were wild, wild chickens wild chickens mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's it so i noticed that first coming in and then you have this big grand shot of this whole party and like seeing all the abstract like weird balloon things that were going on there was like i think somebody with like a giant like it looked like a paper mache yeah they were (laughs) did you guys make those yeah yeah we made those um flo had said um she had sent me a picture in prep of these parades that had these really weird and ugly um inflatable heads that, Mm -hmm. that would come down you know um in in new york they would just and people would come out and i don't know what the the reason why they had to be so grotesque looking right. and weird looking, but she's like, I think we need one of those. And I'm like, all right. Um, anyway, so in giant inflatables, yeah. I drew out this um, image of what that kind of looked like one of the ones from there and Damien signed off on it. So we had that made. I really love the way that came out. And I put some, awesome. <laughs> um, some velvet ribbon around it just to kind of, again, kind of bring in that texture and mm-hmm. sensuality to the set. And then the um, paper mache mask, um, History for Hire had some great ones. I had an artist make a couple of them. Oh, cool. Um, And then we wanted some fabric to make them flow. Um, And then, you know what? I don't think you can tell in the movie, Tony Swanton made me some great S&M collars and chokers and and, um, um, shackles. I don't, because of the volume of people that are in there, you can't tell, but that would be a, a you know, I was able to tell a lot from just that. I like, I, I noticed just in this one, like just opening shot, pretty much all the drugs being done, the balloons, yeah. the giant thing. There, there was an X-rated like magic show happening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you have to? Did you supply most of the stuff for that too, or did you guys bring in a real magician? How we brought it? in a real magician. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any prop? We had a, a gambling table that was in there too. I'm not sure how much. Uh, I need to watch this thing in slow motion. Yeah, because lots of smoking going, <laughs> lots of smoking going on, smoking which you don't really see a lot. More recently, more and more shows are starting to cut that off. So yeah. I, I still like I can appreciate what you see smoking happening in that. Um, there was flash cameras. Yeah, streamers. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> an, an ungodly amount of streamers. Right. Yeah, yeah, and instruments. Can't forget the, all the instruments. The everywhere. instruments was so much fun. Right, um, the horn. It just it. Uh, maybe about a month before shooting, I kind of got a note like, okay, we're going to put um, the band in almost every set. And I was like, oh, okay, Hello. again. <laughs> I know, <it's> like, <laughs> surprise. Surprise. Um, just those Zoom meetings, um, Kyle Salvatore, um, who I had pretty much concentrate on um, the instruments, but we had Zooms with Justin Hurwitz, the composer mm-hmm. um, who's nominated. Thing. I mean, this this score, you guys, he just – he's. Um, He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the music is so important in this film for driving it and to have that score ready before we shot. That's amazing. And it also helped us with like, here's your list of instruments because that's going to be in the score. We never get that. You know, we're just guessing half the time what instruments we need because you don't know right. what the score is going to be. Um, but having that was amazing. Just and also then I was like, okay, we need a sax from here and we need the tuba. We need this, you know, and right. percussion and. I learned so much about all the different types of percussion. Um, but just in that party scene, again, that's the first time we see um, Jovan. Right, uh, right. You know, and that was actually the very first prop I ever got was his um, his 
um, trumpet. Trumpet, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And deciding what trumpet that would be. Yeah. You know, and we camera trumpet. tested. <laughs> um, we went to see what looked good, and, and we ended up on this. Did um, you have a double on that thing? I did. Wow. Yeah, I got it off a of Reverb. Um, What's the, Reverb? Reverb is oh, a, reverb. they sell um, used, um, it's a it's like eBay for musical instruments. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you guys were filming at Paramount, I was on that lot on something else. It was Paramount, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing the band walk through the set. And with their, and I just, that was one moment where I was like, oh man, I should have done this. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys look so cool. (laughs) So cool. And so many sets had them. So we could get lucky about some people bringing their own instruments but of course we want to be period correct right. and gotta tell you i use that same tuba in just about every band you know i mean you're <laughs> yeah. limited to what yeah. you can have um but again it was um the music was that was just an uh, the icing on top of a very big sure. cake you know just having to be able to do that and that party scene um was driven by music you right. know yeah. and the choreography mandy moore our choreographer um She's an unsung hero in all of this because it looks wild and chaotic, but it was highly choreographed. Wow. And with all the stunts, with somebody coming down, right scaling here. down the wall and passing her over, um, we had a shit ton of acrylic glassware just so it would look yeah. real, but not going to hurt them, right? Sure. They can fall on it. Um, rubber chairs made that go flying. Um it was, like I said, it was highly choreographed. It looks wild and loose, but it, it there was a system to it. And Damien had definitely had a vision of how that shot was going to go down. How many days did you guys shoot that? And did you have to fight for the amount of additionals you needed for those days? We had, um, I think we were there for five days. We yeah. did one Sunday. I remember Kyle and I and Emily went up on a Sunday just to start with the choreography and where are my props and where are we going to, you know, right. logistics is everything, right? Everything. How close can I be? And since this was a theater, we were able to store all the props on a stage in the back. And so we were pretty close by. And then my other crew, um, Tom and Josh, set up a table to bring in all... The BG had to have something. Sure. Every one of them Everything. had to have something. Yeah. Right? And um, so they there was a system of them running through, Julie handling it all on set um, with the main actors and the cigarettes and Gabby and um, uh, Paul Baker balloons streamers on everything yeah (laughs) just throwing the streamers down timed to the music right that became a certain thing like once damien saw one of one of the streamers came down on one of the shots during this crescendo crescendo and he was like yes do that again okay um who did that one what what floor and i think josh is like i think that's me on floor three (laughs) i mean so you know we got got you know, you get the right people and you well, people who were passionate and love what they're doing and were able to see in real time how this is turning everybody on. And it's like, it's great. You know, right. the music's pumping. The people are, you know, I mean, you know, day five, you're like, can we get the hell <laughs> off this set? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it looked fantastic. And, you know, and you are in the moment. I mean, we did that on uh, Winning Time when we would do the stadium yeah. scenes with 700 background and the, uh, and the guys are actually playing ball you know, and, oh, and again, the choreography of that was just incredible. But the energy that's in the room the is energy insane. energy is insane. 
Because this is the closest we can get to being like rock stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. so like, you get that fuzzy feeling that you assume people feel when they go out on stage or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like I've never done like a film that's about, you know, like a rock star or something like that. But I would imagine that's the same that's thing. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Although by the time you're done, you're like, I don't want to hear that song. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Stop uh-huh. playing that music. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to ask you about, again, because this is one of the things that concerned me when I first started this which was the disconnect between what the director wants and what production wants to mm-hmm. pay for stuff mm-hmm. so how did you deal with that situation because i'm sure it was one yeah um it it was so um prevalent from the get-go that's all you heard you gotta turn the budget in you gotta turn your days in you gotta turn you know it's like whoa i just start you know can i wrap my brain around what we're doing and i don't think they were going to give me the job until i could say i would do it for that amount of money right you know um and i was not not going to do this job sure you know um so i said yes and (laughs) then you get into like oh god (laughs) um how much is this going to cost um look we I'll be honest with you. We got so much more than what we paid for. Mm. I leaned on every um, Greg Bilson, Pam, you know, Bishop, um, Lonnie. I I leaned on everybody to help me out. And we didn't pay full price for anything. And that's how we did this movie. And I'm pretty ashamed to say that in in so many ways. But I I wasn't going to let the budget sure. stop us from making what we felt like a very epic ode love story to Hollywood right. you know and I think people wanted to be a part of it um, Michael Buke and um, Krista um, were had you know in charge mm-hmm. of the money and no extra money was ever coming our way even when we would ask for it but you know they're good people I'm not right. gonna say that sure. they were good people um, and was and was Damien cool about it? I mean, did he was he conjuring up stuff throughout the? Um, no, I mean there were things that if you proposed it as you know, I don't know if I can afford this, but we can do this. That doesn't go over well, right? You know, um, this is yes, never. he never. <laughs> you know, they don't want to hear about what they can afford, right? And so I know that by now, sure. so I'm not going to even say that to him. We get, um, I just. You know, it's like, hey, we got 10 takes of this. Okay, we need 10. You know, and then it's like, all right, I can do 10, but then we're out. Right. It's just giving certain numbers of sure. what you can pull off. and. Well, and again, that's kind of like a, an important skill for prop masters to understand is that that communication is everything to be able to decipher what a director wants and then to be able to go back to the producers and say, well, this is what he's asking for. And so how do we get there? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, and who's going to tell them no. Okay. Cause again, like I once upon a time in Hollywood, they had a whole different budget in their head as well. But I had the, the beauty of knowing that what Quentin Tarantino uh, wanted, yeah, was gonna it was just going to say, well, he wants it. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, okay, fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to say, who's going to say no, no to him? Right. <laughs> exactly. Know? So I, it, it took me a while to learn that because again, I'm trained to, do what production asks you to do, yeah. you know, and and I only had to go to Quentin once and tell him I couldn't get him something, and it never happened again. Right, right. <laughs> After oh, that, you know, yeah, he's you're like, never going to do that again. That's right. He's like, I, I, I'm, you're not here to tell me no. You're here to tell me yes. Yes. Basically, um, and I learned that, you know, because it's, you know, especially when it came down to that moment, 
And I turned to the producers, and they all looked away. <laughs> they all looked <laughs> they away. They all looked away. They might be I, good people, but they will not stand up for 100%. you. One hundred percent. And so I just had to turn back to them and say, "You know what? I apologize, mm-hmm. and that will never happen again." Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and he's like, "Great." And so that was that. And afterwards, I said to them, "I said, listen, you know, from now on, when he asks me for something." I'm going to tell you what he's asking for, but I'm going to start pursuing getting it. And if you want to talk to him and tell him no, and you come up with no is the answer, let me know and I'll stop. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm going to just keep going for I'm it. I'm guessing the answer no never came back no. to you. <laughs> no, we can't say no. I mean, that's, that's just not our job. It's not our no. job to say no. And, and when I have looked at them, like, did you just see that? Did you hear that? He wants 20 takes, you know, right. and this is what we're budgeted for. Um no one had they're not going to come and say you know gay tried really hard and we just told her that she couldn't spend that money Uh uh-uh they're out the door they're not they're nowhere going to be near you we know that now sure um so yeah i mean but i tried to save on another thing or you know we all do the dance right Right. it's like okay i kind of wanted this but maybe we don't do this right and don't get me wrong i understand production's point of view there you know it's a behemoth trying to keep control of these costs i mean we all heard about movies that go crazy out of control yeah and so they have to watch every little thing but at the end of the day any prop i'm going to do is not going to break their budget no no okay but i do appreciate that they have to watch everything and you know they can't just let you be carte blanche with whatever you're doing so but I, I get that, but again, mm-hmm. it's what we're doing is v- peanuts compared to the kind Absolutely. of money they're spending yeah. on everything else. I actually, the movie I'm on, the budget went out the window about um, a month ago. Like we were all like, mm, toting along, toting along. Okay, was I gonna? No, I mean the changes that the director wanted, nobody would say no, and you just. And like, so all of that mining of this doesn't matter anymore. We're just going to just keep going. Yep. Um, you know, you find yourselves in situations where it's like you, yeah, props is never going to shut the movie down, but they try to save the, you know, save the budget on us for some reason. Unbelievable. (laughs) I I experienced that again on winning time where they're, they have like 700 extras. Yeah. Okay. And then. They decide they like fill a stadium or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so and then they decide that oh they're they're not going to shoot that day and they've just tested all it's, those people. Okay, and they had to pay for all of that. Yeah. And then I have the UPM calling me up wanting to know if my crew will take an MD uh, uh, yeah. NDB, uh-huh. which is a big you know, conversation. And it's yeah. like, come on, man, you're talking yeah. thirty bucks. Yeah. We're spending more money having this conversation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. It's like so. Uh, uh, yeah, I witnessed a lot of that on this one that I'm on. It's like. I feel like we just lit fire to a stack of cash, but you know, having that extra person on on Thursday to do that splinter unit, we were never supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, you have to advocate. Yep. For those things, uh, and and I find most of the time that I can go to a UPM, depending on who it is. I've worked with uh, some that are unflappable, yep. but if you go and you calmly explain, yeah, why you need something, you you can usually get it. You know, yeah. Yeah. like again on winning time, they literally, when I talked to them about wrapping the show, they said two guys, one week. And I'm like, two guys uh, uh, for one week. I said, I'm not going to be, aff- I'm going to try not to be offended. Such an arbitrary number. Yeah, and I, was like, yeah. I don't even, I said, but it's so ridiculous that I can't be offended. I said, because two guys for one week, we could 
everything in the middle of the, the yeah. studio will light it up. And you have to light it on fire because I don't have time. Right, yeah. right. Okay. That doesn't even qualify you know, for the lighting so, of it. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, it's just a placeholder. So you tell me what you need. So what I did is I wrote a list of every single thing that we needed to yeah. do. Every return that we had to make, all of the... Every, um, all the assetting? All the assetting and the photographs that need to be taken, the uploading of things to to the, the cloud, all these things. Yeah. And I sent it to them with what I needed, and they let me have it. No. Oh. You know, but then I also found out that Set Tech had like four months wrap. <laughs> the whole Holy crew. shit! I mean, how much? Had, did, how much did you get? Like, what? I got. Do you remember uh, what the number was? Well, there was four. My four set crew. Yeah, your whole full time crew. Had, yeah, two weeks for all four of them, or three weeks. I'm sorry, three weeks, and then myself and my shoppers. Um, we had like an extra week after that. I feel like having your crew, your whole full time staff on for that is important too, because it's like it's almost like the thank you for them. Well, you know what I mean? And they Just know like, where everything is. They know, I, well, yeah, I don't even know how they get the why they think they can save the shows over budget problems in rap. Right. It just doesn't make any sense, no. you know. And and it's not our responsibility. Um, to do that and I agree that it's like finally we get to breathe and for those you know 10 hour days we don't have to go like 100 miles per hour right. we're actually methodically putting stuff away and you're winning times coming back well we wrap did you wrap it we, like it's a you, wrap and hold because yeah. we don't know if we're coming back so you but, have to yeah. take care right yes, you can't just throw yeah. shit in the box because you right? might be the next person <laughs> dipping well, into exactly that. <laughs> and I took over season one yeah. and I literally when I got the packet from season one they had a post-it note on it said, sorry about the rap. We we had oh. very little time. And it's like, oh, God. You know, and I know what yeah. that's all about. And right. it's horrible that they had to do that. Right. You know, and we paid for it in, in a lot of ways, you know, because yeah. we had to like chase down things and, you know, things that were supposed to be in the assets weren't there. And, you know, and it's just, you know, no. and I feel for them because they had to go through that, which I wanted to ask you, what was your rap like on Babylon? Um, painful, um, <laughs> because the high is done and you're looking at a bunch of broken stuff mm. and what can oh. we, what can we repair? A&D. What can I replace? Right. Um, I did a lot of replacing or some things that trade we traded cause yeah. I bought some amazing stuff. I'll so bet. was able to, um, definitely do some trading, but Oh God, it was painful. Yeah. And it was, um, I think they first tried to do like a short one. It was like, well, that's not going to happen. Right. You, you, you do the dance. It's like you tell them, okay, well, you know, it took this long to get this. So right. I'm sending you a photo. Just, you know, the fairies don't come in at night and do it. So, um, but it was good. I mean, we, um, we were able to trade our way out of some issues. And um, I feel good about the stuff that certain um, people got. And, um, you know, I don't think we ruined anything that couldn't be right. somehow made up for Any, something else. Like yeah. Priceless guitars. I was. I was. Not. <laughs> <laughs> that story just kills me. Oh, oh my, my god! god. Yes. <laughs> it is a fear. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the amount of phones. There's this one scene that did get cut out of our movie, and it was a very um violent scene between Nellie and Manny in her dressing room. And it's a small little room, mm. but full of, you know, period makeup and um, glasses and bottles and phones and whatever. They ruined everything, take after take after take. Wow. Um, Gabby um, Pinanuri and Julie, we have a very funny photo of them. 
so stressed out and in the middle of broken phones, putting them together. Because <laughs> I'm like, we're on one set also prepping another set. And I get a text going, do we have any more phones? And I'm like, well, no, I need a phone over here. How many have you guys gone through? Four. So they were repairing phones after take after. They did like 25 takes of Whoa. the phone going up against the wall. Whoa. So Julie has a picture of like a popsicle stick and some glue and then Gabby's on the floor <laughs> like using a Sharpie to paint the, you know, I mean, it was brutal. Right. Um, what do you think is wrong with us <laughs> that, that we want to do this? You know what I mean? It's like the normal people would like listen to us and think, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Why would you want to do this to yourselves? Yeah. But I mean, there's something about us that, I mean, is it the challenge, I th- do you think? I It must be. And it, it must be like, I can fix that phone right, in the back right. of your head. like. But exactly. then the whole time you're going, fuck them for breaking it, you know? <laughs> but then you're going, I think I can fix it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so, too. I mean, even just the high of like when so, a director comes up with an idea and you're like, oh, I don't understand how we're going to do this. And then like you run and start throwing stuff around the truck. And, <laughs> right. just, and then you bring it in. They're all like, oh, that's amazing. It's like. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. actually the best feeling I've had that, in all month. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> initial thing, like, oh, God. Right. And you, know, and you just want to bitch about them and like, oh, God, I hate them. Why do I have to do yeah. this? And then you're so excited. After yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yes, I can make this happen. You know, it's just this hero complex that we all have. Like, it is. <laughs> 100%. So, you know, if you're considering a film pro- uh, yeah. a, yes. a job mm-hmm. and props, just know that you have to have that. You, hero complex. You, yeah. you kind of do, though. Yeah, that's absolutely. Real. If you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why we call ourselves the silent ninjas. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, we're the ones who, again, if you're doing your job right as a prop person, they don't really know you're there. It's just all, yeah. everything's happening behind the scenes. You know, they ask for something and you're standing there with it. You know, I mean, that's the goal, right? So um, I think that that's, uh, that to me is... The, that's the thing that gets me up in the morning. Yeah. And okay. Like that, yeah. Is, is that being able to, you know, provide what they need and when they need it. And yeah, it's, it's a rush. It yeah. I think, um, I think a, a Polish Schreiber was always like the, the, the prop master that was like, uh, she was like, always the one that taught me and I look up to, and I would, and I remember like after the first job, I think I reached out to her or whatever. And it was just like, I was like, <sighs> are you supposed to have like ridden anxiety like all the time <laughs> and like just not be able to sleep? And then she goes, I'll tell you this. If you don't have that, then you don't care enough about the job. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, go, so go polar. True. <laughs> so true. She's um, awesome. Andy Siegel was prepping the Fablemans while I was prepping um, Babylon. So we would see each other a lot in history for hire or, or ISS and wherever. And he just goes, I just threw up this morning. <laughs> oh, wow, that's saying a lot for Andy Siegel for as long as he's been doing it. Yeah. And he goes, just the, you know, just you sure. want it to be perfect. Yes. And you've got one of your icons that you're working with. Right. And, you know, you you don't want to let them down. Yeah. And, you know, that just conjures up a physical feeling. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're a rare breed, I think. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Did you run into him a lot? Because it's a lot of similar... I mean, I guess he is a little bit of a different period with his film yeah, stuff too. Yeah, ours were earlier, but yeah, um, earlier, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, it was the time period for a lot of period films. I would run it. Was that was what's so fun because a lot of times in television, I make the call or I send a sh- you know a shopper out, but this was me hitting the ground and and going. So it's got to, it was a lot of fun seeing fellow prop masters and assistants who were become prop masters, and then of course all of our wonderful salespeople. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. And so now the film is getting a lot of accolades. Yeah. Babylon, that is. So um, have you been in touch with Flo and everybody about everything that's going on? Um, Flo definitely will tag me on um, Instagram. I just made my first Instagram post last week. Oh um, oh, you're new to Instagram? You, or? I, can't, I can't figure out Instagram to save I my life. I really, well, obviously um, I have not either. Um, but um, she'll tag me and, and I'm in a group chat with the art department mm -hmm. um, for everything that kind of comes up and I get the heads up of what's happening. And yeah, um, I'm very happy and proud of her. Uh I think, um, you know, props on this, like on every single movie. I mean, I do believe that we should be included. Mm -hmm. um, it feels a little uh, weird. And I have to ask you about how it went for you because you guys won the Academy Award. Well, right? again, we're um, next week we have Nancy Haig is coming in. Ah! And I'm so, so looking forward to that. Mm. I mean, she is like a hero of mine for sure, especially because I got a shout out from her at the and, Academy Awards. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, thank our prop guy, Chris. It was Chris Call was my whole name. Yeah. And my phone blew up, you know, and it was an amazing feeling. And yeah. it's just like, and, and I think, and that was part of the reason why what pushed me into helping create the PMG is like, we should all have that yeah, feeling. God bless Chris. Swear okay. to God. Yeah. yeah, seriously, that, you know, we should mm -hmm. all have that feeling because we are all an integral part of the creation of these films. Mm -hmm. and, in the, and again, in the characters, that that these films represent and so it is something that it's a wrong that needs to be corrected i agree and i i i don't think wanting um and hoping that you know our uh co-workers will think about us it should just be that this is what we are recognized for and that nobody has to do us a favor by mentioning our name I think we definitely right. should be a part of the Academy. I think yes. we should be a part of yeah. the Emmys that win. I think the Art Directors Guild has uh, a decorator and the art director, and it should be the prop master. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Right. We work really, really hard at the look of this film, and we're a catch-all department. Um, what department do we not work with? I work with stunts. Everybody. Grips, the uh, you know, costumes and right. us. You know, it's a full collaboration, and I don't want to take away from any other department who wants to do that and i just feel like we are owed a little bit more recognition right and we are our own department mm -hmm. the property department is our own department so we should have some recognition for that as well i mean we we work with the art department but we are not the art department right absolutely i mean right. there are things that we do that the art, the art department doesn't do at all which is and don't even know about Right, 100%. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's, again, the th one of the things that we want to correct is, or to educate people about, is what we actually do. Because I think most people don't really think about it. Even people within our own industry. Yeah, no, I'm so appreciative of you guys doing this. Sometimes you feel um, like, oh God, am I self-promoting by doing this or putting this thing in? And then I remember you telling me not that long ago, it's like, you self-promote all you, and that's what we're trying to do. Right. You know, it's because nobody else would, promote well, us well, in a way right and so. that's the thing is like everybody who has an award show now the costume um yeah. people in the st stunt people and everything they all did it then on their own nobody brought it to them so right. we have to you know set the table ourselves we you know we have to take our place at the table and that's what we're doing and and again it isn't something that hasn't been attempted 
many times before in the history of filmmaking. There have been several times where prop masters have tried to organize. But again, we're all working prop masters and it's just like never have time. And the only reason that the Prop Masters Guild is something right now is because of COVID. Because when we all shut Mm -hmm. down, we had nothing to do. And of course, we always have to do something. We're going to lose our minds. (laughs) So... It would, that so you really were watching helped. Mad Men and you were forming, watching Mad um, Men and, and yeah, yes. actually that's what built this studio too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I had the time to actually do this. There it is, you know. So, and and again, I mean, the world the world should know about what we do because we're, mm-hmm. we have so much fun. You know, we yeah. we do a lot of great, fun, creative things as a, as a department. Who has more fun than props? Nobody. So. Nobody. It, I mean, and the fact that we do get to work with so many different departments makes yes. us different. One hundred percent. I mean, it. I think we're cool. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's again one of the things I love mm-hmm. about it is, is that I do get to work with all the other departments. You know, it's the collaboration of all these creative people. You know, like the one little scene has so many people involved in yeah. it. You know, with wardrobe and. And this in set decorating and makeup yeah. and hair. I mean, you know, the lipstick, it's got to be the right color. Right. You know, so you got to go talk to the word, the makeup people about it. I mean, it's that's it's the thing that awesome. I, I bet no one knows either about us, you know, about how much that we do with, you know, there's rare, there's not a stunt where it doesn't usually involve a prop, right? You know, and how we're going to make that differently and work with them, yeah. you know, and up to their standards and what, yes. you know, what camera can pull off. Um, yeah. And, and does my bag match that look of that, right. you know, outfit? What's your color palette? Yeah, what's right. color? So no, yeah. we're, we are definitely in there and I appreciate everyone. I have done nothing besides say yes to PMG. Um, I look forward to in the future though, being a more integral part of it. Absolutely. Cool. This is a good start. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is there any other burning things that anyone wants to say before we wrap it up? today i don't think so <laughs> got it so are you taking some time off now or yeah i'm gonna try to take um uh, at least a month feels <laughs> the people are talking <laughs> about how it slow it August. is out there it might be um a little longer um i have a soft hold on the feature um for this summer and then something late summer but i need cool. to take off i haven't stopped since this time last year yeah yeah so. it's a lot i know we just had uh brad elliott in here who just basically came off of six years of nonstop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's the other part of it that Mm -hmm. people don't realize, you know, I mean, if you're, I mean, I'm not disparaging anybody, but when you're a grip, you come to work, you do your job and you go home. Yeah. Uh, We never go home. No. You know, that's another thing, you know, it's, we're always working. Like I always say it, like when I get a, when I, the minute I get on a show, I start researching it whether i'm being paid for it or not no no when you're on um there was a movie that i uh, i accepted on a friday and then i called on a sunday and said i i can't do it because they kept saying well no you you don't have to start until you know we'll do a board and then you don't have to start until april and i'm like going i can't once i start i'm on i mean my head fills up again i get in the worries you know and it's like okay we're gonna this you know and and i just had to Say no because, uh, yeah, you, we need to go quiet sometimes. Right. We need yeah. to rest 100%. the brain and reboot. So, and Absolutely. it's very important to do that. Yeah. Yes. Well, Gay, I really appreciate it. You coming out. Oh, 
And Mikey, my as always. No, I always love it. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for talking about all your awesome work I love. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, well, you know, we never do anything alone. That's we, we, correct. You know, yeah. Um, we might sweat a little more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, we do have a lot of great backup. Otherwise, we yeah, wouldn't we do. be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love Casey Burr, too. <laughs> so, Casey so we, Burr. We were talking about that so before. Good. It was like, I remember working with him a lot of um, years back, and we always had a really good time. Oh, he was really instrumental. I got to tell you, when we, um, y- when you go through something like this, like on the on that film, um, we laughed, we bonded, we picked each other up when somebody was falling. Yes. You know, I could not. I, when you, I should have said this from the beginning that overall, the experience with the crew, the people involved, um, meeting Joshua Cheek, uh, Gabby Pinanuri, who I've been begging to um, work in my department, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just being able to have them all. Uh, and we all got along so well, and we laughed so much. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. the best. Exactly. Because running running a crew is tough. It is. That's <laughs> I always say the hardest part about the job is is the, the humans. The humans. Yeah. The humans are the toughest You can always part. whip a prop into shape. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the words, amen, Chris Call. All right. I love you. Love you. Thank you to everybody out there listening and for tuning in to another episode of Prop Talk, the official podcast of the Property Masters Guild, brought to you by real working and retired prop masters. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment wherever you're hearing this. If you'd like more information on the Property Masters Guild or have any questions for us here at Prop Talk, be sure to go over to propertymastersguild.org. Um, And we're also on Instagram at underscore the PMG. You can also find us on all other social media platforms by searching the Property Masters Guild. We will see you on the next episode soon.